Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season on News Talk. It's like at 9.60 a.m. We are the McFarlands. I'm Matt. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I happen to be the fruit of their science experiment. Mom and Dad, how are you guys doing? Very good, Matthew. Yeah, very good. Very wonderful, good. wonderful. If I could be playing the Beastie Boys root down right now without getting sued, I would absolutely do it, but I cannot. I don't even know how it goes, Matt. It's uh, it's a great song, although I will probably get sued for copyright infringement and intellectual property. So imagine, if you will, that song being played. This week's episode on The Growing Season is one that my dad has been walking around mumbling under his breath, a la get off my lawn or close that door because you're air conditioning the entire neighborhood like a grumpy old fellow because his brain is oozing with information about roots. I have never heard so much complaining about <laughs> So we're finally going to allow him to send forth his information upon you and um, we will get down to exactly what is the bottom half, what is the, the arse end of these trees doing that we don't see. Is it for stability? We do know that it is for nutrients and water absorption and transport into the tree. But there's a whole host of interesting biological information that I've never heard of. And that Captain Grumpy Pants over there is <laughs> sleeping right now, Matt. Okay. All that and more. Let's get Grumpy Pants not grumpy. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. And let's uh, let's put our let's turn our frowns upside down right here on the growing season on News Talk. It's like a 9:60 a.m. And we're back. She's Lynn. I'm Matt. And the sulking, petulant horticulturalist in half the corner. Sleep, half asleep. Half asleep. Yeah. Why does this get you so grumpy, man? Matt, I don't know if you've read any of that information from Perry from yes. 1981. Yeah. That paper he did for, uh, what was the university, Lynn? Um, uh, Harvard, right? Oh, Harvard. Park and your car in the Harvard Yard. Which is stupid because you can't park your car in, in the Harvard Yard because there is no Harvard Yard. No. You've seen Harvard, have you? Yeah. yeah. There's no Harvard Yard. But Matt, I'm telling you, uh, the article I read was about 20 pages long. Right. And if you want to go to sleep quick, read that article. Okay. So that's what's got you grumpy? No. Just all this other information <laughs> that's built up in my, in my head. What happens with Yoda is his head gets too full of information. Right. It gets like a brain ache. Really? It gets a little bit too much. You know what? I've got to tell you something, man. Uh, listen, you should, let's, let's swap places. You come over and do six hours a day of grade two distance learning where you're like, okay, I, I forget how to do this. Like, yeah. And it's all new math and it's all this weird way of doing stuff. And I'll come over here and I'll do some research on, on roots. I'll guarantee you I won't be such a grumpy pants. Do you know what, Matt? Mm. I've only learned about two weeks ago how to turn the bloody computer on in That's the first place. <laughs> yes, yes, we have learned. A your, lot. Your dad and I doing this has made us learn an awful lot of new tech. I will tell you. That was a draw. She did a draw. She did a draw. Yeah, she actually pulled. For our audience, that means that uh, a draw or a pull in radio is where you stretch out the words so that you're not going to fill that space. With an empty thought. With an empty thought or a crutch word. Yes. It's and it usually works. Or a draw. So Matthew. Okay, no, no. Hold on a second. Don't, don't interrupt me. I am. I'm right now. I know. Uh, there's been, this has been, this whole COVID thing has been an absolute boon for the uptake of technological information. I was telling my parents for our audience off air that my son is, he's in grade two. So he's seven and his teacher has spent the last three to four days basically getting the, the entire class understanding how to work with Google. The goal here, mom, dad, is to not have him print anything off. All of his schoolwork will be done, quote unquote, in the box. It will be done in the computer. Nothing will be printed. So he has Google Shapes to do math. So they actually create these little widgets and shapes that, that you can move around. All of his coloring assignments is all done on online, everything. So for you guys, for our audience, my parents were... Not not that tech savvy. They're in their mid mid to late sixties, and so this computer age was not something that they had been really forced to get involved with, except for the growing season. So now I there's three lap before shortly, man. There's like three iPads in the house at my parents' place now, and there'll be a fourth because my dad needs a second iPad for information when we're streaming, doing our live to stream show. This is nuts, and. 
it's interesting to hear them go back and forth with, uh, okay, so yeah, I'll send it to you. No, no, no. Just, just put it in notes. No, crop that photo, change the saturation. It's a completely, completely new way of thinking. And it's, it's awesome, guys. It's fantastic. Well, here's a bit of her story, but not about plants. We are in the digital revolution. Yep, we are. Is this the same as the industrial revolution? This is game changing. And we are in it. We are in history. Absolutely. Awesome. So, Matt, can we move on to roots, please? Yeah. We're, we're, listen, we're, we're talking about the roots of history here. Right. Yeah. 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 Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Matthew, define a root. Uh, it's an underground structure. Uh, it, it would be used for stability and for nutrient uptake. Correct? Yeah. It's also, like you said, support if yep. earlier on. But, Matt, do all plants on Earth have roots? That silence is me thinking. Uh, <laughs> that sound would be my dad's impersonation of a heartbeat. I'm not quite sure what, what that has to do with me thinking. Uh, yes. No. Okay. No. If you think about it, Matt, about, they said about 28% of, oh, what's going on, mom? I know what plants don't have roots. Okay. Proceed. I think. I'm bryophytes. Briarphytes, yeah. So moths are guys that can be gyophytes? No. They're the old ones, Matthew. They go back 400 million plus years ago. Right. And they're mosses and liverworts. And not to be confused with gametophytes, which is the The second stage of a fern's life cycle. Sex, basically. No. Yes. Well, kind of, yeah. Anyway. Kind of you. Oh, my God. Okay. But anyway, Four minutes and 42 seconds and we're getting into, here comes the science. (laughs) So, Matthew, approximately 28% of the trees, grasses, and so forth on Earth are basically in the rainforest, okay? Okay. And they definitely have roots because most of the stuff like trees and grasses and all that have roots. Yep. About 70% of what is on Earth is in the oceans or algae. So they wouldn't have roots. They don't have roots, but they get their nitrogen and everything else through the water. And of course, they're doing photosynthesis and they store... Right. And release, uh, they store carbon and release oxygen. So they're, they're responsible for everything that we're doing as far as breathing goes, right? Okay. But that's really important. And then 2% is something else. I have no idea what the 2% is. No, no idea, Lynn? No, I don't. No. All right. Well, whatever. But yeah. it's really kind of on the cool side. Yeah. But Matt, as far as roots go, they, uh, they, let's say you were taking a, a tree in, a plant in your garden. Yep. Okay. Now this is, I want to tie in a little bit to our former show that we did on rock salt. Okay. Okay. Now there wasn't a whole show on rock salt. Well, it was on our landline. Yes. Okay. okay. We did a lot on rock salt. What, before we start to get going here, because we've already been starting to drop names here, Growing Season Canada, all one word, dot com. Click on Show Bits. It's your visual accompaniment to the show. And uh, this is a this will be a show where you're going to want to jump onto Show Bits and follow along as we're chatting, because I've seen the amount of information that we're going to attempt to cover. And it, it, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, Leo Tolstoy of War and Peace would be like, oh, it's my kind of information. Thick. <laughs> well, it's not, no, it's not that bad, Matt. I, I've yeah. kind of toned it down a bit as yeah. far as the science goes. Yeah. But Matt, so somebody comes along, they, they salt their walkway, right? And yeah. they get the salt on their plants and on the soil, around their walkways, driveways, whatever, okay? So what, why, are the tree, why are the trees and the plants in the spring shedding their leaves? Salt damage. Kind of yes, kind of no. Okay, I so would, I would lean more towards kind of yes. No. Yes. No. Yep. I would say <laughs> possibly on the opposite side of yes. <laughs> okay. So Matt, what they actually try to do is they, they'll actually shed leaves because they do not want, they want to get rid of the salt. So that's their way of getting rid of the salt. So they'll take it up through the roots and they'll shed those leaves and that's their way of getting rid of it. They can also shed bark. Okay, so this is their last ditch effort. So if they're not able to survive in this salt environment, they will shed their bark. And they said that this is a a death row for most plants. But the cool thing, Matthew, just think about it. If they shed too many leaves, this is how they make their food through photosynthesis. So if they do that. And if they shed enough of the bark. And if they shed enough of the bark. You've got it. Disease and everything else. So so it's a a catch-22 kind of thing going on, right? right? But it's a a super cool thing. I thought we we would hit on that. But Matt, just think about this. There's approximately three trillion trees on earth, right? We said this on the, was it the horticultural avoidances show? Which show was it? And we, I think it was yeah, Landline. Landline. No, 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 no. We did it on the radio. For those, yeah. uh, now we've dropped and this I name And I fumbled twice. it too. That's okay. So we've dropped this 
now a couple times. <clears throat> the Landline is our live to stream show Wednesday, Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And for those that have not chimed in yet or tuned in and don't know where to find it, pretty simple, growingseasoncanada.com. There's that same website. Click on TGS Live. Now, what we're going to end up doing, and this will be news to our audience members on the streaming side, is we're going to continue the, the, the Landline weekly up until probably end of December and then January, February, and maybe halfway through March, we're going to shut it down or we're going to do it half the amount of time. We'll do it twice a month because they, yes, we can cover a lot of the topics on the landline that we are going to be doing on the radio. And for those that have been following along with the growing season throughout our first year of existence, and we're now into our second, you know that over the winter, we jump into some of the alternate horticultural topics, right? So actually some of them that I can, that I can let you know right now. We have a bonsai expert coming on. I love that. Okay, we're hydroponics. Going, we're going to be getting into in, into some into some hydroponics. Cacti, which, cacti. Okay, we're going to be chatting with actually Chris Sinclair will, will rejoin us from from the Weather Network. He's going to be teeing up the uh, Canadian winter forecast. There is a La Nina coming, ladies and gentlemen, which means snow and cold, as well as uh, there's there's one more. Oh, I'm in the process of trying to lock up or trying to secure a chat with. A member of the city of Toronto. We want to help. There is a 250 year old. No, older. No, no. I just, I, I just talked to her. Yeah, it's a 250 year old Quercus rubra, which is a, which is a red oak, and the city of Toronto is desperately trying to buy this property that that this thing exists on and turn it into a parquet. They, they want to raise what is it, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and they're at. 200 and some odd thousand right now. The deadline is the 12th of December. So we're going to get this person on soon and just chat about the situation, how we can help. So that's what's coming up in the, in, in the, in the coming weeks. The point being is that uh, we are going to, we are going to streamline the landline coming in basically January, February, March, and then it'll go back to once a week coming in April. That So Matt, how do roots absorb moisture, water? Well, it's got to be some form of osmosis. Right? Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Osmosis. And they also because okay, of- Okay, hold on a second. While we're on this, because again, Saturday morning, right? Osmosis is what? No, you tell me. What is osmosis? Fine then, you chicken. I can do it. <laughs> Here you go. Now, by the way, uh, Saturday morning, I get it. Uh, this, <laughs> you might need a stiffer cup of coffee for this. Check it out. Here goes. Thank you to uh, Wikipedia for this. Osmosis, quote- is the spontaneous net movement of solvent molecules through a selectively permeable membrane into a region of higher solute concentration in the direction that tends to equalize the solute concentrations on both sides, end quote. Everybody, Boring. Everybody get that? Got well, it. Basically what it is is this, is that the, the root system would be this membrane or this wall, and it's basically fluids passing through the tissue of the root system into the interior of the root system. What it's saying is that there, the tree begins to absorb the moisture when there's not nearly enough moisture in the root system. That's what this osmosis thing is. They keep trying to balance the books, right? Both sides got to have equal level of pressure. So the root, roots have some great little things in place. I didn't even get an applause for that, by the way. Thank you very much. There. <laughs> well, that was one. You're such a group. <laughs> Jackass. So Matt, the root system, for the most part, about 90% of the roots is within five or six feet of the trunk. You got it? Okay. So everything that you would think about, one so meter down, five not, or six feet. Not on the, some. No, no, no. Just wait. I said most of the roots okay. are within five to six feet of the trunk and about one meter down. Okay? Yep. So if they come in, in contact with too much water, what do you think happens? Well, that pressure... That pressure begins to affect. So, at too much water, the tree would begin to try to jettison leaves. Mm, right? No. To, equal, to help equalize pressure? No. Okay. No. If there's too much water, they generally will move away from the water source. Okay. Okay. If it's too so wet. So, the tree just like actually, <laughs> tears itself out of the ground. Later, no, I'm out. Actually, you know what? I'm moving down the street. That isn't far off. They will actually move away if it's too wet. Okay. And so, people, unless you're a willow, unless you're, you're like, a willow, and no, yeah, heavy drinker, heavy drinker, big time. But you know, trees that like their feet wet. So it would be willows, birches, alders, and so forth. Yeah. They like their feet wet. But Matt, for the most part, 
what the roots are doing under the ground is so crucial to the life of that tree or that plant, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, they can go out, like you said, we have willows and poplar, silver maple. That's one we got to chat about later in the show. Yeah. But it's one of the worst, okay? So those Awful. roots can go out 100 feet. And they're aggressive. And they're really aggressive. Yes. And they can, uh, under, pre- uh, under certain circumstances, when the root gets big enough, they can actually kind of shatter your foundation wall. Yeah. Okay. But most of the time, they're generally trying to look for the water that's, that is around the footings of your home where those where the tile is located. The tile. Yeah. Yeah. So they want that. So they'll go through that. And especially in times of drought. Okay. So that's one of the big things. But Matt, how do roots get oxygen? Hmm. Well, it would have to be to do with the the compression of the soil in and around the base of the tree, right? So therefore, if your soil is heavily compressed around the base of the tree or where you would have the feeder root system working, it would be getting less oxygen, yes? And if there's a lot of compression, that's where you're going to see the roots beginning to move their way up towards the surface because they can't breathe. Very good. Okay, come on. (laughs) Give the guy another cookie. He gets two cookies for that one. two, okay. But Matt, actually, what happens is the roots are basically trying to find pockets of, of soil that are loose. And that's why things like earthworms and insects and so forth are, are very used crucial. To, yes, to, basically natural aerators. Sure. And yeah. they, if, if they're not there, then the trees will suffer greatly. If you were an aerator on Halloween, could you call yourself a scarerator? <laughs> huh? Oh. No? Yeah. But I Matt. Think, I think you could. The yeah, fact yeah. that they absorb oxygen into their cells is called What? Oxygenation? Respiration. Oh, they're breathing? Yes. Okay. And remember, they can breathe also through their leaves. So if they're in a lot of water, they can still, okay, a lot of trees have adapted to growing in a water environment because they they actually- Gills? Like cedars would have gills? No. No, no. (laughs) Like a fish? Like a fish? I mean, right? They have adapted. And so they, they actually will have some roots outside the water area per se. But they have adapted to living in a water environment. Not all of them, but some of them, okay? Yeah. Banyans. Banyan trees are Banyan's a good trees. example. Yep. Okay. Yeah, their their root systems are growing in, or, or banyans, are, are they the ones that are growing in the, uh, the, the swamp? Um, what do you call it? Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I'm thinking mangroves. Mangroves. She's yeah, wrong. wrong. Well, banyan and mangrove, it sounds, it's, it's that and They both sound, sound yeah. very tropical. Yes. So, anyways, trees like the man, ones that are growing in the mangrove, are, have adapted to growing in a salt environment. Again, kick off the leaves when they when there's too much salt, right. and they have adapted accordingly. Okay. But Matt, in the end, what happens is that the tree, when it is a, doing this respiration, it takes CO2 to make food. Remember, you yeah. always hear about CO2 right. and food. So okay? it's pulling it out of, it's not actually, what's it doing? It's, it's, Separating the CO two from the oxygen, right? Like it's 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 pulling the CO two out of out of the air. Uh, again, kind of yes, kind of no. Okay, but Matt, the, the CO two is to make food, basically, as you know. I just yep. mentioned that. Yeah. But they also need oxygen to process the food into energy. That's what the oxygen is about for them. Oh, they don't okay. care about giving it off to us. They just happen to be. This is their excess they're giving off, right? Right. Okay. And then again, they don't care about giving it to us. No, and then they're selfish. It, and then, the, Matt, the starches that are formed, okay, yes. they're basically used for growth, okay? Yeah. And so everything is important, and it all has to be in the right sequence in the plant itself. So I, I just think it's really on the cool side. But, Linny, if you were going to pick a root system that is really out of whack for its size, what would you choose? Oh, the redwoods. Okay, what about it? Well, the redwoods only have a root system, isn't it? Only, like, five to six feet. Yeah. And compared and to the size hundreds of, of meters oh, high, yeah. yeah, and yeah, the reason that redwoods have to grow in groves because um, their roots interlock with each other. They need each other. So They're it's social. forming like a carpet. It's forming like a like carpet. A carpet to hold themselves in place, you know, so, so that they have to have support. Hundreds of meters is a little too much. Maybe 30, 40 meters for the most. Yeah, most part. I, it's got to be like you're talking. A redwood is on average like about a hundred feet. Oh yeah, they're yeah. Huge. So Mount, 30, they're monsters, thirty meters they're monsters, plus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But Matthew, in the end, you're looking at a tree that is this big, and without its buddies around, they're not going to be able to stand up. So they need all these interweaved kind of root system going on. So if you were to go clear a redwood forest, 
very bad for the rest of the redwood trees. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the other thing too is it would be a, a real pain in the butt because if all these roots are interlocked, holding these things in place, yes, you got a heck of a net down below the surface. Not that you'd ever want to do this, but I'm just saying it. Just thinking about because we, Dad. In your opinion, what is one of the worst on the landscape side of things? You roll up or we roll up to a property and it's like, oh, we got to pull that out of the ground. What is it? What's one of the what, what's one of the worst to get out of the ground? Worst as far as what, though? Worst to how? extract. So as far as the root system. Any, be, any of the maples or oaks are really bad. Horrendous, yeah. Okay, but uh, for the most part, if you wanted to pick a maple, it's silver maple. It's one of the worst. Yeah. But if you wanted to pick a, something that's in an evergreen, a conifer, uh, any of the pines are bad. They have yeah. a tap root, Matthew. You go yeah. straight down. And the spruce are the opposite. Spruce are a, like a surface root system. It's all surface roots. Right. So uh, can you give me the definition of a tap root? So a tap root would be that becomes like it's an, it's an anchoring structure. Okay. This thing would go straight down into the, the grade, into the subgrade, etc. This is almost like rebar for, for the tree. Yes. Yeah. And all the other lateral roots, the roots that grow sideways, yeah. just come off of it. Yeah. And then all these other, other roots form. But Matt, the thing is that a, an average tree can have kilometers of roots. Okay. You, yeah. you may not see them because they're now, everywhere. But the common notion here that we have been spewing through the microphone out into the radios of our listenership and also onto the, on, onto the screens of our listenership is that the roots tend to go out to the drip line of the tree. Yes? Yes, but then there's certain trees that go out like four or five times, times. the measurement of the drip tree. Drip line, do you yeah. have any idea what that is? Well, silver maples, we've talked about this. Yes. And again, are we talking about this on this side or are we going to get to some on of this the real side. baddies? Okay, we'll get so, to, all right, on this so side. Silvers now? No, no, not yet. Can you okay. just give me one that's not silver maple? Silvers, oaks get pretty nuts too. Oak is one of the worst. Yeah. Oak have actually root systems that go out in the neighborhood of, say, four to five times the drip line. Yeah. So if your tree is 40 feet across, due to calculations there. Well, yeah, it's monstrous as it's well as the oak. absolutely monstrous. We've talked about this in a previous show. The oak, because of the length of the taproot, this sucker becomes a lightning rod, right? Yeah, because sure. the taproot goes down, so the lightning can sense, oh, I can, I can basically arc out, I can ground out on this thing. So they hit the oak, and then the oak, it's this huge, basically long line right down the tree and just blows the tree in, into shreds. Sure. And so there's, there's a tree, a group of trees out there that exists that have a single root system and covers 106 acres. What is it, Lenny? It's a group of aps, aspens in Utah. Okay. And 106 acres, one root system for 47,000 trees. Think about that for a minute. What? Yes. I know, Matthew. It's hard to believe. It's one of the largest no, no, no. root no. systems Explain on any tree. that. How does this one root system? It's an adaptation that they've had to do. And they, again, if you pulled anyone out of the so mix. What? Are, so there was one tree and then the root went down, formed, and then like adventitious root systems you formed got more Just, aspens? Yep. And made more aspens, more aspens, more aspens. So it's all like, quote unquote, rhizome? Basically, yes. Yeah. They're all yeah. connected. They're all interconnected. What? They, they weigh how many millions of uh, kilos, Lynn? Six million kilos. Somebody needed to put a condom on. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that <laughs> like, absolutely... Like, they're like, very oh. social. They oh, want to God. be together. So that's absolutely amazing, right? <laughs> but, Matt, there, the other set, another set of root systems that are on a tree are called fibrous root systems. Are you familiar with that one? Yes. The fibrous ones are the ones that basically come off of... Either the tap or the feeders, the little guys, the little wisps, they, they, they look like um, it's yarn almost type thing, right? Super, super light, fine ones. Yes. And they're yeah. usually close to the surface. Yeah. Too. And they, dec they, get, they decrease in size over distance. Okay. So that makes total sense. Right. But if you look at it, we, we got some great photographs for you, Matthew, okay. of spruces. Okay. And they've fallen over because of wind. Uh, the wind took them there down. There was that windstorm a couple of weeks back there. Yeah, and there's about four or five down. I got some pictures of the roots. And you can see all the root system really exactly on what is below the ground. And those, that's a thing. When you see a spruce toppled over, that root system is basically out to the drip line. It's n notoriously out to the drip line. Like it does not go beyond the drip line really. But it's shockingly shallow. Like when yeah, we walk nothing, through the trail yeah. and we see these six inches, eight inches, over. that's it. Yeah. No, it's unreal. You're right. But Matt, the thing is that 
routes for the most part are not very specific about where they're going to go. Okay. Yeah. If it's too wet, they don't want to drown because there's less oxygen in wet soil. Okay. But for the most part, they can skirt, you know, hills or anything like that. Yeah. They have they have an ability to kind of go where they want to go. Yeah. If they hit a rock, then they move off into another direction. Too much water, like I said, they can move away from that as well. But sir, if you pick the right tree in the first place, you won't run into these problems. So make sure that if a tree likes its feet wet, give it the environment that it wants. Simple as that, Matt. Except if it's a weeping willow, you just don't bother. And if it's weeping willow, just stop. Like honestly, mind you, in our park, in our little neighborhood, we have a gorgeous weeping. willow. I get it, I get it. But that park on the one corner, there's a house close, and even though this weeping willow's got to be forty feet from that house, I would be real concerned if if I was that homeowner. Yeah. Yeah, and that part. And didn't that house or the former house that was on that site have flooding issues? Yes. You'd have to wonder. Yeah. You'd have to wonder. Okay, so on the other side of this, we're going to get into some of the tree specifics on what to and what not to be planting or some of the real nasties. No, we have no time. On the other side, okay? He's Lynn. She's Jack. That's not right. She's Lynn. He's Jack. He's excited. I'm Matt. Trying to hold on for dear life here. And this is the growing season right here on News Talks on 960 AM. This is the growing season on News Talk Saga 960 AM. We are the McFarlands, and my dad is hopping up and down like it's a pee break. He's doing the pee-pee dance. Okay, we won't waste any time, all right? It's show and tell, your turn. Go. Matthew, yes. the temperature at which roots uh, will survive in the wintertime is approximately minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit, or anime, this, I got this one, no, no, nothing in front of me here. <laughs> 6.999 degrees Celsius. You memorized that. I didn't know it. No, I, I don't have it behind you. There's nothing on that paper. <laughs> Mom's pointing. Yes, there's so, a chart behind you. Matthew, yes. if you want it to make this tree survive and get uh, as far as going into next spring, what would you leave around it? Okay. I know too. Okay. But you go. I talk a lot. Let mom do go. it. If the leaves that have come off that tree aren't diseased or have any kind of fungus or anything, leave them around the tree. Okay, this is a revelation. This is a revelation. Okay, now for many of our audience, they're like, why is this guy getting so excited? Ladies and gentlemen, we come from a professional horticultural background, which means that on on a lot of estate level properties, which is what we are either designing, consulting on, building or maintaining – these property owners want to have their gardens look like you have been there. They want it to look damn fine. That's right? it. And this has been a revelation for us in that we would routinely, I spent years and years doing high-end property maintenance, whether it be grass or snow or fall cleanup, spring cleanup, and we would routinely take all the leaves with us, right? It would be tarped or blown off into the into the ravine edges of the property. You just mentioned that about... On one of our landlines. On one of our landline shows, yeah. And so to hear this, that in order to keep the roots or to add a bit of an extra layer of protection for the root system, it's best to keep the leaves around the base of the trunk of the tree. Here's a big question for you. Yeah. So then what's your opinion on people who cut these pretty little circles all around their trees? What are you doing? Are you, when you cut the circle, are you raising the bed or in that circle no, up just a circle you see how they circle. cut them yep yep okay, so what do you think of that i my norway's got it around it uh i would assume that this is you're probably sort of baiting me into saying that this is bad it's bad yeah it's bad because you want to have a situation where the roots are allowed to get oxygen and water but they also need a layer of protection around them for the winter Sure. But Matthew, if you remember our, one of our shows we did on lawn sense. 
Yes. Okay, and we were talking about thatch. And thatch is an insulating thing yep. on the grass. So if you take that insulating thing from around your trees, you're actually giving it a harder time to survive over the winter. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So then why do people have the root systems show up at the surface? Any idea, Lynn? The roots are looking for oxygen. Yes. The soil's compacted. It's compacted. So the roots are going coming up because they're looking for oxygen. So great, great little segue. Barry Davis, former former host or slash co-host of The Spin right here on Saga 960 AM. I'm going to do up a landscape design for his property as well as we're going to do an install. And on his property is a Tilia cordata. It's a, it's a little leaf linden. In fact, oh, he, there's a Latin word. Uh, there it is. Thanks, Dad. There, in fact, him and his neighbor have one side by side. Way too much linden for, for too small of a lawn. Okay? Should have been like twice the size of the lot or three it, times, right? It shouldn't have picked the linden at all. No. It's just too big. So what's happening here on the property is Barry has his driveway. Okay, there's no sidewalk. It's driveway. Wait, 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 wait on that. So when the as far as the roots go. Yeah. Five is feet. That, is that driveway interfering with the roots? Yes. And so what would happen on the crown above? Well, it should be affected, but that's part of the reason why the roots are coming up to the surface because they can't breathe. Sure. It's erosion. It yeah. could be because it's uh, the, the soil is really compacted like your mom said. Yeah. And so, but the issue with this property is this has got the trifecta. Okay. Now, normally it's driveway, street, sidewalk. It doesn't have a sidewalk, but what it's got is it's got driveway. Okay. Within five feet of your root flare. Okay. Or of your root system. It's got street within five to 10 feet of your root system. It's also got, Dad, the green box. The hydro box is on the front lawn. So it's being restricted and it's from got every that side. concrete slab, the pad. So basically on four, oh no, three sides. It's but even being, the trees on the other side. Right. So yeah, but it's three sides. All around. So the point is that when you see Barry's front lawn, its roots of this poor tree are basically up on the surface. And it's the reason is it's got nowhere to breathe. Sure. Right? So when we go in to do the install... I can take a little bit of that root system away, but I can't take it all away. Why? Because I can't cover it up too much. I'll suffocate the tree. Yeah, a couple inches. And they even recommend, Matthew, maybe in the end of using a, a light, fluffy soil with even a leaf mixture. So even some of those leaves that are left under the tree, mix them in and they really? say that the, the tree will have a much better chance of surviving. But here's a really big one, Matt. People who use chemicals on their actual lawns and so forth, yeah, plant, like you know, herbicides, anything you can yeah. possibly yep. think of. How destructive is that to the Awful. system? Awful. So, because the tree would be absorbing us, right? Yes. Yeah. So trees, their root system, can actually absorb the chemicals even 60 to 90 feet away. Wow. So in other words, they're very sensitive to things like chemicals, okay? This show used to be brought to you by Weed Man. No longer... <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no, Matt. No, actually, you know what though? True, and this is if you've had the if you've had the pleasure of having us out onto your site for a consult, you'll know that we're very passionate about not getting involved in chemicals. Uh, we don't. Neither of us get our lawns sprayed out. You guys don't use Weed Man for, for no, no, spraying no, your lawn, right? No. You guys would use them use some company for fertilizer, but you wouldn't use it for. No, I don't have any weed sprays. I don't believe it. No, Nothing. we don't. No, we yeah, don't and have it. we. I don't do it either, and. How many years ago, Pops, was it where they began to switch over from the really nasty stuff to the to the supposed, like, organic or... It's only about 10 years, Matthew. And yeah, I, I got to tell you, like, I don't know how organic this stuff it is. It still smells. It still... You walk by it, man. Sure. Look, if they got to put a green sign on your lawn that says, keep your pets off your front lawn, something's wrong. I agree. But Matt, let's say a person is going along and they're building a new home. And there's lots of mature trees hanging about. Yep. What kind of damage are you doing to those roots? Lots. Okay. How Miles. much? Mom, any idea? Any idea? I think 90%. 90% of the root systems are being damaged or destroyed. Okay. So I'll give you, I, I have an on-site, I, I have an on-site tie-in with this whole thing. Is that the one down in Mississauga? No, Oakville. Oakville. So I'm going to be doing a, a, what would you call it? Like a supplement on this property. So this property in Oakville, Lasha, if you're listening, I'm, I'm referring to your property and they, dad, they had, they have a pool and the pool originally had Classico Unilock around it. So you know where I'm headed with this, right? Yeah. Full of weeds, stuff is, bricks awful. Okay. So they had the, the Unilock torn out and then they had a company come in and pour concrete pad around the pool and then face it with 
two-inch flag. Okay? Got you. Yeah. Big job. So Lash's backyard is full of mature trees. Packed. She's got three, count them, three black walnut in the backyard. Three. And in order to get this concrete laid, what do you need? A cement mixer. You need a concrete truck. So they had to back the concrete truck into the backyard through the gate. And what are they backing over top of? The black walnut roots. You should have seen the dieback. On the tree itself. On the tree because of the compression coming from a concrete mixer. Well, they also said if you do any sort of digging with construction and so forth. Yeah. But even people wandering around the trees and so forth. But Matt, if they're, the damage that is up to 90%, well, what they said you'll end up having to do is some major pruning on the tree itself, on the crown, because, because it's going to be so balance, much damage. You have to balance. Because if there's out. a sidewalk, yeah. driveway, road, whatever, it's around it. Yeah. Generally, the roots on that side will, will not be as defined or developed. Yep. And therefore, the, the crown won't be as developed. It'll be wider on the opposite side of the tree. Cannot stress this enough for our audience. First of all, growingseasoncanada.com. Click on Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. Cannot stress enough for our audience base, our listenership, you lovely JDs and Lents that are, that are <laughs> listening. Okay? This is why it is so gosh darn imperative that you pick the proper tree for the size of your stinking lot. Also, Matthew. Also, <laughs> also, it, because you want to pick if you you know street tree planting really gets my my dander up. Man. Wow, there's the street tree planting, and then you say two little letters side by side. Dad's blood, yeah, dad's blood pressure pins. Yeah, <laughs> but Matthew, if they chose floodplain species, okay, to put on on the street tree planting, yep. they these babies take compacted soil. Therefore, like what? So it would be things like your poplar aspen, locust. Oh. Some of your maples, which you have a maple. Yep. But the idea is, Matt, you, you pick things that are going to grow because they grow in compacted soil. Yeah. So you just got to remember so this. So Austrian pine, doesn't it? Yeah, no, you but it has bastard. any. Austrian pine <laughs> have a major taproot. Do you know what, Matt? It's amazing that any pines actually grow through transplant because the, the bloody things have a major taproot going right. down from the center. But they were saying, like, you know yourself, they only, what, move with an average tree approximately 5%. 2 to 7% of the actual yeah. root system. Yeah. So the thing is, it's amazing that any of these things survive. But Linny, how long does Love it take? Love what you call it Linny, by the way. No? It's so cute. Okay. So how long, how long would it take for a tree to... I know this. Wait I know minute. this. Wait a minute. I know this. What is it? I haven't Transplant even asked... shock. Okay. How long does it One take? One year. No. Yes. It takes a year to actually get over transplant yeah, shock. that's what I said. But how long does it take for the tree to recover? Five years. Five, Five years. So if you say you've got a brand new property and you bring along oh a tree God. and you, you plant it, okay, it's a little maple tree, and then you start getting impatient with it. What's the Latin them. for that, Mom? Acer. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> you start getting impatient with it because, hey, I've planted this tree. I've done everything right. It's not doing much. It takes five years. Well, this is what we refer to in the industry. The we system. actually call it a crack, right? Where the tree cracks like, or where or, or it pops. You get this. You, you see this all the time on properties, right? Where you go and you, and you install. And guys, listen, we're generally not installing anything in a 25-gallon container in a tree variety. If we're putting a tree on your property, you're, you're getting a tree. This sure. is going to be a wire basket, okay? Yes. Between 45 and 60 mil, usually 60 mil, okay? So the point is that... There's a certain stage where the customer is like, it's not really growing. Like, yeah, but you got to give it a couple of years. And there's a point that, and you've seen it, you saw it with your uh, Ascalus, with your hippocostanum out there, right? Years where, and years, years and years. Years and years. But when she popped. Finally. Boom, yeah. Up she went, right? Rocket now we have shot. a little maple on the other side. She hasn't popped yet. She hasn't popped yet. Now I, I was talking to Jack today. I said, well, how long has that tree been in there? Maybe four or five years. So maybe this could coming You could be right year. on the verge of the pop. Sure. Yeah. So Matt, how long but is. yet my, my rubra. My Acer Rubra in the backyard, Acer Rubrum in the backyard, that thing popped immediately. Well, you, Matt, I think, I think popped immediately. Do you know what, Matt? I think our tree at the side of the driveway, the Nagundal, the Acer Nagundal, I think. <laughs> By the way, this, you, this is why you need show bits. There's probably seven or eight Latin names just tossed around the last 45 seconds here. Well, no, yes. what, what happened? By the way, don't plant an Acer Nagundal. It is literally, it is like, it is like the seedy underbelly of trees. This is a scuzz bag underground organized crime of trees awful awful criminal criminal nature awful so anyways Matt, yes we cut it down right yeah good okay i said the word right but it was fine 
That's okay. No, you haven't said it much this one. Okay. So anyways, Matthew, when you cut it down, there's enough energy within that trunk and root. Seven years it lasts, right? Upwards from two to seven years, depending on the size of the tree, the height, and so forth, even the variety. Okay. Yeah. But Matthew, so if a person sees shoots coming up and starting to grow, yeah. what will happen is if you come along, you trim those away, eventually what will happen is the, the root and the trunk will give up and start <laughs> growing. Fine. But will it? <laughs> if you... Stopping to grow. Fine. <laughs> so, Matthew, will it grow into a tree? No. Yes. No. It will. What will? The, the, shoots, the shoots from the bottom will eventually grow into oh, a tree. But good. most people don't want to see the ugly stump. That's the problem. So, yeah. Matt, one last thing. Okay, how much time do we have? Uh, about 11 minutes. Good stuff. Okay, that's enough. So, Matt, when people out there who are planting fruit trees. Yep. So they noticed that in the spring, their trees have gotten frozen off and they didn't make it through the winter. What's the main cause of that? Root freeze. Root freeze. A lot of people think it's crown freeze, root. but it's actually root freeze. This is why we recommend, I'm telling you, in Zone 5B, Southern Ontario, where we are, don't plant fruit trees. You've got it. Just don't plant them. So Honestly, Matt, don't. It just It's not worth your time. No, I, you know what, Matthew? And I do believe that dark collars around the tree itself will, will help. help. But the problem is where the inconsistencies, and this is getting worse and worse. And I, I, I'm, and it's funny. I make a blanket statement like just don't plant fruit trees. And you're gonna have, I'm going to have direct messages and emails coming in from, from audience members going, well, how can you recommend that? Look, I've planted a lot of fruit trees, more than you. Okay. What do you want, Matt? Okay. The pruning part is the it's worst brutal. part. It's brutal. Here's the problem with it is that with climate change, not only are you getting are you getting wider swings of temperatures, but you're also getting more inconsistencies, right? Like you can't gauge what a winter is going to be like now from one year to the next, even, even more so than say 15 years ago. So if your fruit tree, yeah, I planted this thing and it, and it was fine the first three years. Yeah. And then, and then snow and, cover and, Matthew too. Yeah. And we're getting less and less of that now. Yeah. And when we get these freeze thaw cycles where we get a lot of snow and then it thaws and then everything's laid bare, yeah. then the temperature plunges. It's really hard on Here's the Here's the biggest thing, Matthew. In the wintertime, sometimes it might get, a, it might get quite warm. Yeah. And so you can and have the tree a, almost starts to flip the switches. It has flipped the switch. Yeah. And that's what happens. So a lot it of trees are already... And they're starting to get all sorts of negative uh, things happening to the tree. Well, that's spring. what happened with this past May. Remember? May 11th, we had snow on the ground. And these Japanese maples particularly, they had all flipped the on switch. Remember in Jurassic Park where they, where they primed, the, they primed yeah. the pump and they begin flipping all the switches back on? Right? Well, these Japanese maples, their, their electric fences were on. And then snow comes in. Yeah, ours didn't bloom. What? Ours did not no, bloom. and that's also Your damaged. Japanese maple? Not the Japanese maple. No, sorry, tree lilac. The tree lilac didn't bloom this year. At all? No, no. syringa reticulatus. And you think that that was to do with... Oh, I definitely think with that's With the May 11th snow? Yep. But Matt, can huh. we move off snow for a second? Yep. Okay, fertilizing. What, what's your opinion about fertilizing? Well, I don't fertilize my grass, and I was told in a previous show that I am these. Okay, the tree spikes, pipes, oh, you know, deep root... Yeah, fertilizing. What's your opinion on that? I think well, I, I think it works. It works fine. Yep. Uh, Perry didn't agree with that. Especially back on in pines. The, pines. Yeah. Pines are pines well, do super well because with, generally it's a well-drained soil and it, and right. the and the material now, flows through the soil beyond the root system. And right? you're going to mention now you mentioned Perry at the top of the show, and I mentioned Perry again. Who is this guy? He's a guy that uh, actually he was involved in a lot in um, uh, to do with. Um, let me think here for a minute. Uh, windmills. Uh, but he was, uh, and you know, water power, that kind of idea. Okay, so alternate but energy no, sources. No, all that kind of stuff. But he was really big into horticulture. But Matt, he, he said that basically broadcast fertilizing around your tree was as good as anything because basically it no. will just permeate down into the soil. No. But we, we use the pipes. But the, ke- the, the key about pipes is the root system is basically all the feeding roots of the system of the tree is in the top meter. Now so you're, if your pipes whoa, are too long. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When you say pipes, you're talking about feeder tubes? Feeder tubes. Okay, growingseasoncanada.com. Click, click on show bits. Right now, there will be a picture of feeder tubes on there. It's the same picture I've been posting over and over again. It's the birch that I planted on the Danbrook's property. Carol and Bill, thank you for listening and thank you for your support over the last 20 years. And I've circled. There's two spots where, where you see circles of these of these feeding tubes. And what my dad is saying, and that's I never thought about this. Man, you're a, you're a smart dude. You're annoying in your perfectionism when it comes to information, but you're super, super smart. So what my dad was saying is that the the root system of a tree, let's 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 take your 
Bachelor Papi Refera that we that we planted, paper birch for our audience at the Danbrooks. Uh, that root system, when I went to dig the hole, it was roughly 28 inches deep. And, and we'll we be fine, Matthew. Okay. If your tubes go down, if your feeding tubes, which are two tubes, generally four to six inch perforated weeping tile, the black tile that's for your east troughs or for your downspouts, we put those in, one on each side of the tree. That lets you, A, jam a garden hose down there and literally water the root system, and then B, drop fertilizer down there. The only issue is that my dad was saying, and I never thought about this, if your tubes go down too deep, you're actually physically missing the root system. So you're basically fertilizing the subgrade. You're feeding his ass. Yeah. Like you're fertilizing the subgrade, like way down below it. So Past the to, area from which the roots yeah. can acquire but the fertilizer. that's not entirely true because if it's perf, if it's perforated on all then sides. that's not a problem. It's going to keep spewing out the sides anyway. But it also to do with the, the consistency of the soil, how compacted it is right. and so forth. Right. But Matt, so the problem is when, when mature trees. Okay, for instance, uh, let's take another oak or something. Yep. Uh, what happens is basically if you damage those roots on, an, uh, on a mature tree, what happens on it? If you damage the roots on a mature tree, I'm not quite sure, Jack. You'll have to you know, any, any idea, Matt? Oh, it's bad. Why is it bad? <laughs> I, they don't grow back. They don't grow right. back. On a mature tree? On a yeah. mature tree, they're finished growing. That's why it's so easy to move around a tree when they're in, the, in a smaller size because they're mainly fibrous roots. So that's why they're so wow. easy to move around. Except they have all their life to grow. Except if you're a purple leaf sand cherry, then don't bother me. Yeah, don't bother And me. another thing, Matthew, most potted plants that you buy, if they're bare root, they have approximately two to 300% more roots than they do in a container plant. But they also okay. used to smoke on airplanes. But anyways, Matt, <laughs> yeah. let's pick something. Let's uh, go on. Silver maple. No silver maple. Let's go to taproot first. Okay. okay. We don't have much time. How much time? We, we have? have about four minutes. That's enough. Okay. okay so let's quickly hit. Okay, so let's hit red pine. It's a tap root. Okay. What do you like about the red pine? It's not an Austrian. It's not an Austrian. <laughs> Pinus resinosa. Two needle pine, right? You got it. Yeah. But Matt, the idea is on this. You must be remembered to plant a tree according to what the environment that it wants to live in. So if, you, if it says well-drained soil and you start throwing into a heavy clay soil, it's going to have issues, okay? Major suffering. Yep. Major suffering. And so you got to remember that. That's all you really need to know about the roots. But that was for tap. And we could also, that would include things like oak, okay? Yeah. Now, if you're going to go to a fibrous root system, what would that include? What would uh, some of the examples of that be? Spruce. A spruce is excellent. Uh, birch. Uh, let me think here. Cottonwood. Hackberry. Norway maple. Silver Beach. maple. Beech. And any, uh, even sugar maple, Matthew. And as a tree gets older and older, it produces more and more of these fibrous roots, gotcha. okay? And you must notice, I don't know if you've ever physically dug under the ground and seen oh, yeah. the roots. It's crazy. You must notice there's a pile of fibrous roots. Two minutes. And then we get into something called adventitious roots, Lynn. Explain. Well, these are roots that grow from non-root structures. The one I can think of is corn. If sometimes you look on the bottom of, of the can, stem of corn, it's got these little... Yeah, root things but the other one to too is, is, is like the spider plant. Sure, and anything right? yeah. it shoots those little they, they actually call it adventitious buds as well. But it shoots yeah. these little lines out, and they have the little roots on the bottom of it. And it goes plunk, and it can sit in the next topsoil, and then it, and then it's off. And strawberries too are bonkers for this as well, yeah. right? But again, Matthew, roots. it grows according to the conditions that it's under. Uh, generally speaking, they would produce more of these adventitious roots or rhizomes. Is another way you can put it. And uh, stress, okay, yeah. that would make them produce more, more of these. because it's the furthering of the species. Sure, mangroves yeah. are a good example of yeah. that. And also, know, also, also, wool mangroves. Yeah, <laughs> but man, any of the grasses that you can think of, yeah, are grow grow by rhizome or adventitious roots. So yeah. they're kind of on the cool side. But Matt, the problem is that most of the time, again, it boils down to one thing: people must remember to plant. The tree according to the conditions that it is used to growing in, and they will have okay. very few problems. I'm going to stop you there because we got to get into some of the do nots. Okay, so we've mentioned silver maple. Silver maple is a baddie. Awful, awful, awful. On top of being a soft hardwood, the trees are prone to branches breaking. They are weakly branched. They have a very almost pulpy wood in comparison to their other maple counterparts. And their root system, this is the weeping willow of maples. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. As my dad said, this this root system can come out to like four to five times beyond the drip line. The big one that everybody knows would be weeping willow. Weeping willow is awful. If you want to have a situation where you've got potential foundation damage on your home because of the weeping or, or because of a tree, 
Weeping Willow's generally the, the big culprit. I have no problem if it's out near a pond. On Neither a, do a I. Country but just keep it literally hundreds of feet from your home if you can. It just boils down again. Know what the heck this yeah. thing is doing under the ground. Absolutely. And then you, you, you shouldn't have any problem. Completely. Also, too, on the flip side of it, any of your columnar stuff, any of the stuff that stays really, really up and down, your, uh, your columnar English oak, your pyramidal English oak, your pyramidal mountain ash, any of these guys, they're safe to plant up near a home because the root system doesn't get very big. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very contained little root system. When you guys got, got rid of your Sorbus occuparia pyramidalis, Right, those those guys, that didn't have a big root system on it at all. Did almost nothing. No, and you know what, Matthew? In the end, what happened there was I basically there was no shoots growing back up from the from the actual trunk itself. Because really? I guess it didn't have any energy and left, and it just it wasn't but doing what, anything. But what I'm saying is these 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 people putting the pyramidal English oak near their home, that big regal looking thing, that's completely safe. Those those oaks, that it's it's a very tight, contained little root system. What do you think of pin oak, palestrus? No, no, pyramidal English. Oh, pyramidal English. The big pyramidal columnar guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. columnar. Yeah, and the they have a very, very yeah. tight, small root system on them. Sure. Yeah. And any of that. Again, if you're using an ornamental tree, for the most part, they have a very shallow root system and not a very large root system. But, Matt, in, for the most part, roots generally go out to the drip line of the tree, unless you run into these real heavy hitters. Nasty like ones. Silver maple about. is probably the worst one ever you ever heard. If you see them on sale, don't buy them. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack McFarland, as his cup runneth over, sir. So, Matt, in the end, roots are there to support the tree as well. They're not just there for feeding the tree. Right. So what happens if you start damaging a lot of big roots on these trees of yours, and especially if they're older ones, those roots are there to support that tree. So what happens, Matt, in the end, what happens is these, uh, the tree, a big windstorm comes along. And it can blow them down because you've been yeah. taking away its way of holding Over itself goes. to the ground. Okay, wonderful. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show as well as landscape design for the winter season is in full swing for me. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on TGS Tiny Gardens. That is the our, our modus operandi for subdivision landscaping, which many of us are living in a subdivision situation. It also does not preclude you from having us on site if you are in a rural property situation. Okay, click on contact as well. It just sends you off an email to me. It comes right into myself and I will come out to the property and we can chat, get a landscape design set up and then get you all situated for next spring's installation. Plan now for next spring. Hopefully, oh my God, 2021, we can actually have some semblance of normalcy. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt. This has been The Growing Season. Many thanks to Jody Panu from uh, Saga 960 AM for hosting us. It has been a wonderful year and here's to many more. What we do here on the show is I do a joke, throw it to mom, throw it to dad, and then we out. Check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your horticultural joke for the week, and it's super topical. Thank you for to dad and mom for curating this for me. Guys, how did the tree get lost? I don't know, Matt. No. It took the wrong route. <laughs> <laughs> mom? Till next time, have a good one, and please be safe. Jack out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.